Blog Talk Radio. Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Science is now teaching us that all life is interconnected, that we are all one. And spirituality and ancient wisdom has been teaching us this for eons. What you do to another person, you are literally doing to an aspect of yourself. And when mankind awakens to the truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is peace and freedom through self-realization with Eli Jackson Bear. Um, I welcome Eli to Awake to Oneness Radio. Welcome Eli to the show. Oh, thank you. Hi, Carol. Eli. Thank you for having me on. Hi. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I discovered you and your work through watching a film on Gaia TV. The name of the film was Awake in the Dream. And I just, I love that film because, honestly, I feel like, I'm currently awake in the dream. So my, I, I uh, started this show almost two years ago with the uh, inspiration to help awaken others, to inspire, because I know awakening comes from within, and, and all I can do is inspire others. And that the film Awaken the Dream was just great. And um I just sent you an email, and you accepted my invite, and I'm so thankful that you did. Can you please share with our listeners your journey uh, to awakening? Well, my journey to awakening. Actually, I started out as a political activist. I was in Alabama with the Freedom Marches during the Civil Rights Movement, and what that did, the first thing that did was it shattered my concept of America. When I saw these guys on horses with clubs and cowboy hats and state Alabama state troopers hats and state trooper shirts riding down the middle of the street coming to attack us because we were supporting black people's right to vote. It mm-hmm. shattered my concept of what America was. And that was a disillusionment. And really what's essential to wake up is you have to be disillusioned with what you think is real. And that was my first great disillusionment, I would say. And what happens is, as you become disillusioned, maybe with religion, so maybe you went to church every day, and then one day you realized it's not real, it's just a story, it's made up, and you become disillusioned with your church. In that disillusionment, there's first there's a great release, there's a freedom from the trance that you are in, but also there's a kind of a despair of the loss of what you thought you had when you had the illusion. So when we lose an illusion, we become disillusioned, there's a loss. And in that loss, then there's an alienation and an individuation. Suddenly you're separate. So you have to be separate enough before you can wake up to the truth of who you are. Otherwise, you're so entranced in the net of the dream that you don't have enough capacity to really stand on your own to discover for yourself the truth of who you are. And so that's where my journey started. I started out as a political revolutionary, and I continued on that path for many years, and I continued to get deeper into it. And as I got deeper in and became more challenged, like, okay, you're willing to give your life for freedom. What about this? And there would be certain tests I had to pass for myself to see how willing was I to really give my life for freedom. And in that... I crossed over the line and left the world behind and woke up to my true nature. Mm-hmm. And I had the realization, as you have had, that if everyone could wake up and realize the truth, the world would come to peace and freedom. And so I dedicated my life in 1972 
to finding how to pass on that realization. And that's been my life work ever since. Wow, beautiful, beautiful. That is so amazing. So, yeah, I wasn't, um, you know, during that time in the, the 60s, I was too little to really know what was going on um, um, with the fight for, you know, um, vote um, for black people to be able to vote. Now I am a, a person of color and I understand that struggle, but I also understand it now that I'm awake. I understand it from a standpoint of not, I don't identify with my my physical, my 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 the color of my skin. Um, and I say that because I know I have a body, but I am not a body. I am a delight, a, a, a light of God, a, a spark of God, which we all are. And and I think that comes from the awakening process, like you said, um, from awakening from the dream. And when you do that, you look at everything differently. So I yes. I don't identify anymore with anything in the physical because I I understand that it all springs from the same source. A light. So amazing. Well, please share um, more of your journey with our listeners. <laughs> what would you want to know? Oh, everything. <laughs> okay, so you said back in, starting in 72, which uh, at that time I was 10. <laughs> so starting uh-huh. in 72, you dedicated your your life mission. So let's, let's start well, from my- there. Okay, so my life mission had been to, uh, at that point, I was a federal fugitive. I was hiding in the mountains in Colorado. I had, uh, we tried to stop the government because of the war in Vietnam. We we were fighting for freedom and justice, and that was my life mission. But then what changed was how do I get that? Because marching and fighting wasn't really the answer. So how do... And once I woke up, then how to transmit this awakening? That was the issue. So I knew if everybody had this realization, but but in order to have that realization, you'd have to be in my circumstances when I woke up, and that doesn't work. You weren't a federal fugitive. You're not hiding out. You don't have the FBI and the CIA chasing you. So the question was how to pass it on. And uh, I went on a spiritual search for 18 years, and I went through all the different spiritual traditions and spiritual teachings, and uh, I had incredible experiences along the way. But, uh, you know, I mean, I was in a Zen temple in Japan. I went went through Dharma combat where my realization was celebrated by a monastery in Japan. I went to, uh, I was the head of a Tibetan Buddhist meditation center. I was initiated into a Sufi clan in Morocco. Uh, you know, so a lot of... The, I was in Peru. I, I lived in the outback of Peru. I was the first gringo they'd ever seen uh, when I was searching in Peru in 72. Mm-hmm. So those were all just... Uh, those were all interesting, fun times, and I learned a lot and woke up a lot, but it really wasn't final until I met my teacher in India in January of 1990, exactly 18 years to the date when I set off from my cabin in Colorado. And uh, but my teacher, what I was searching for was how to pass on direct realization. Because the great trap that I see in our time is that people have the concepts and people are living in concepts. They're living in the idea of now or the idea of uh, we're all one or the idea that it's all a dream. Or, and these concepts become a new religion. And as yeah. living, and it's better than the old religion, but it's still a religion. And <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. It's about living it, truly. It, it, it's yeah. not like we're, we're at a time, and I, I do understand exactly what you're saying. We're at a time where it's not just the concept. It's not just a, a feel-good moment anymore. And it's truly standing at the core of your being. And, and I just recently had to come to terms with the understanding that that it has, for me it has to be experiential. I yes. awoke to the truth from an experiential place. And 
so people can hear it and say, oh, that sounds so wonderful. I, yeah, I agree with that. You know, peace, love, all of that. Yeah, I love it. But do they do they have the do they have it at a core center of their being? For me, it's a knowing. It's not just a yes. belief. So That's religion, right. when you, yeah, it's a, a religion is a belief, but a That's knowing, right. a knowing who you are, when you know at the core of your being who you are, what is there to fear? What yes. what is there to worry about? You know, it's so it, it's nothing but peace, love, and joy at the core of your being, and when you tap into it. And, and, and it happens differently with everyone. Like, you know, your experience is totally different from my experience. But we were able to both go within, dive within, and and tap within. That's why I always say I don't call myself a teacher. I say all I can do is inspire you to go within because that's where the truth lies. And when you tap into the truth within you and experience it, it's it's uh, words. I I still haven't found words to express that. Yes, that's beautiful, Carolyn. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Oh Wonderful. yes, yes, yes. Well, you. So you the trick is. Yes. The trick is how to really dive within to have the direct experience, and while everyone approaches it from their own past, there is something in common. And what's in common is you have to be willing to turn away from everything else in order to completely dive within. And to not turn away from everything else, you then try to bring that along with you as you dive within. And so it's like if you're looking at a movie in a movie theater and you Mm -hmm. want to see the light, you want to see the light, you have to turn away from the movie to turn towards the projector. And if you do that, you turn towards the projector, you just see the light. But if you're so attached to the movie that you want to bring the movie along with you when you turn away towards the projector, it's impossible. And so what happens is then the uh, light gets incorporated into the movie as if it's part of the movie. And so to turn within is really to turn away from everything you believe is real, everything from the external to the internal, from your thoughts, your feeling, your body, the outside world, your, what you call your parents, your lovers, your children, your work, and you have to turn away from it all to turn inside to find out, who am I? Really, who am I? And that's I the, love that's the that question. analogy. Yes, I love that analogy of, of being in the movie theater. That is, because I, I do think of the analogy of a movie a lot. Um, you had mentioned for you, you were, um, you know, hiding out in Colorado. I, for me, what brought, I think the main thing that brought me to my awakening was the uh, silence and solitude that I found myself in, which um, yes. at one time it was, you know, I was, you know, I was so in pain because I was, felt so alone, but the sense of loneliness started for me at a very young age, but that solitude is what was needed for me to awaken to who I really am, So, and, and it's different for everyone. Except that but, everyone needs that same silence. You're right. Mm-hmm. That's, and that was my next point that I was going to get to, is if you're willing mm-hmm. to cut off the whole outside world, there is this deep solitude and silence that is the gateway into yourself because in truth you are silence silence is your nature and so if you listen deeply into the silent core of your being you get drawn within you get drawn into the very root of yourself and then you wake up and realize this is what i am i am silence i am emptiness i am this spacious unknowable unspeakableness and that's the realization that sets us free. And you're right, it's a, a threshold. You have to be alone. You have to be in solitude. You can't do this with your friends or your lovers or your children. You have to be completely isolated and alone into yourself. That doesn't mean you have to be a hermit. You can be doing it in the midst of your busy household. But finally, there has to be a withdrawal into your own space to be with yourself completely alone. 
And to mm-hmm. then listen, listen to the silence of your own heart. Mm-hmm. So true. So true. It is, it is a complete turning within. It's a complete yes. going within. And to do that, it is, it, it is solitary. You have to go within, you know, on your own. And it, it, just, yes. it does happen very differently for everybody. A lot of times, well, I believe um, that um, all of our challenges, that we actually are creating these challenges to help guide us to go within. But all everything that a lot of people would consider, you know, a challenge or a tragedy, all these things happen. And our higher self are, are creating these situations that happen to have us turn within. When we feel like there's nothing outside of us we can turn to, then we like the only place to turn is within. And so many times these tragedies are really yes. the catalyst to having us turn right. within and tap into That's the right. truth. And you find that people who don't have tragedies in their life are living on a very superficial level where they're just uh, totally entranced in the phenomena, you know, chasing pleasure and running from fear and pain. And mm-hmm. you do need the, tra- you need the tragedies to stop you in your tracks, to blow up the illusion, to leave you with your own resources without any outside uh, uh, safety nets. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, that's so true. And and I saw that from, for me, it started at a very young age where I felt alone, you know, and then as I grew, I just started turning that solitude into um, going within. And now I just, I love it. <laughs> I, yeah. I, lo- I mean, I'm not a hermit. I'm very social. I love people. But I love when I'm able to just have some, quality me time to just go within and go nice and you know deep it just there's like I said I a lot of times I can't even find the words to express the joy and the peace that I felt because you had mentioned church um my parents sent me to Catholic school so we weren't Catholic, but they sent me to Catholic school, so I would go to Mass and and a lot of things. But um, the things I was hearing was, were not resonating with me at a very young age. But you hear um, in church, I heard um, Jesus say, said, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Now, I would hear that, and it would just be, oh, that sounds nice. you know. But I didn't understand it. Um, yes. Until I understood the truth of oneness and the truth of the fact that we are all divine light beings creating our reality. When I understood who I really was, am, who I really am, and who we all are, that is what brought me that sense of peace that surpasses yes. all understanding. So now it wasn't just nice words. It was, yes. I knew it from the experience of it. So yes, from the I, inside I under- out. Mm-hmm. And I understand that I think that for everyone, it's something, and I think that's why we came here. We came here to experience that, to, to get that on an experiential level for our, our soul evolution, for our soul to evolve, because we, it can't be taught. You know, I say I, I say this all the time on the show that the books and teachers can only they we can they can guide you and point you to the direction of you. But um, when we look for things on the outside, it's like you said, um, people that don't have experienced tragedies and they're just living a su- superficial life where it's just one t- pleasure, one thing in the illusion after the. El- other when they get it you know how everybody you know when you want something you get it it's like christmas morning you get something you play with it for a little while and then you're like okay what's next you know it's never it doesn't satisfy it doesn't satisfy what what your soul is craving for for and when you get to a point where you're you're satisfying what your soul is craving for it's just 
and I still I still cannot find words to describe the sense of freedom, the sense of joy, and it's it's that's why I was inspired to start this show two years ago. Just to I know that now with the internet you can reach the world, and if I could just inspire one person, I I'm happy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it I love. I love what I'm doing now, everything, every moment of each day. And that's just what I encourage others to do. Tap into that passion because your soul is always letting you know, this is what I want you to do. <laughs> but so please share more of, of you know, what your, um, your journey to where you are and what you're doing right now with your, with your um, teaching. Well, right now I've just uh I'm in the middle of a book launch called Wake Up and Roar. Mm-hmm. And mm. it's my te- and it's about it's the uh edited transcripts of my teacher's transmission of Papaji's transmission and it's mm-hmm. the uh ex- it's exactly what you've been talking about so beautifully the direct realization of yourself and uh, the power of silence really and the power of self-investigation and this is, you know, it's, it was his life's work and it was my life's work. And so, you know, I've been passing that on as best I can. And uh, share, more about is, how, share more about how you, you met your teacher. Okay. So, uh, as I said, my spiritual search went on for 18 years. And I was mm-hmm. I went all over the world except to India because I was not interested in gurus. I was not interested in being a devotee. I didn't want to sit around in an ashram doing chants. I was looking for the direct transmission. And mm-hmm. I tried everywhere. And in 1990, I was 43 years old. I was married to my life partner, my best friend. We'd been together since 1976, since I was 28. I was now 43. I had a great life. I was deeply and deeply happy and deeply successful. I had several books written and they're published in different languages. I was teaching around the world. I was teaching at Esalen. I was teaching in Europe every year, in Vienna, Germany, Switzerland, Amsterdam. And yet it wasn't enough. I wasn't finished. I needed a final teacher. And I was called. And so in this call, I didn't know where I was going or what I would find, but I knew I had to find someone more awake than I was. And I hadn't found that so far. Instead, what I'd find is people would confirm my awakeness without taking me to the next level, the next depth. And so I went off and searched for a teacher. And I landed in, I was going to go to find Sufis who knew the Enneagram better than I did because I was a, I am an Enneagram teacher and I've written books on the Enneagram and using the Enneagram as a wisdom mirror for seeing who you are not so that you can separate from who you are not to discover who you are. Mm-hmm. And I was, so, I was going to look for Sufis to find that and also I received a transmission from a Tibetan Buddhist in Sakim, Jagman Kontrol at the time, and I was going to go find him in Sakim. And so to go to Sakim or to go to Pakistan to get to find these Sufis I was looking for, I had to stop in Delhi. And so I okay. stopped in when I stopped in Delhi, it was my first time in India, I went stayed in a little inn and I told my innkeeper I was looking for enlightened Sufis. And he said, well, there's a Sufi village right down the road. And so I took a little tempo, uh, one of little motor scooter carts, down to the outskirts of Delhi to a 17th century Sufi village that was still basically the way it was in the, you know, hundreds of years ago. And it was built around the shrine of a Sufi, built around the shrine of a Sufi saint, Nizamuddin. And so uh-huh. I went in and I prayed and I prayed for a final teacher. And after I prayed at the shrine of Nizamuddin, I went out to get some lunch, and I was sitting in a restaurant waiting to be, waiting for the waiter, and another man came in after me and sat down with his back to me, and the waiter went over and waited on him first. And mm-hmm. being from New York, being from New York and knowing about lines, and, hey, I was here first, I got it upset <laughs> me, and I... It's like, hey, you know, come on, what's going on here? And in that 
he felt it. I didn't say anything. I didn't express it, but he felt my energy. And he turned around, he looked at me, he said, whatever this gentleman is ordering, I'll pay for it. And he asked if he could join me. And so he, he joined my table. It turned out he was a government minister who was only in town for the day. And his mm-hmm. sister wrote books on the enlightened Sufis. And so he knew all the enlightened Sufis. Mm-hmm. So this was mind-blowing. And so he mm-hmm. took me back to my inn. Instead of coming in a little tempo, I went back in a government chauffeured car with the little flags on the front, front thunders. And uh, he gave me a list of Sufis. And he said he had more back at his home in Lucknow. And so I went mm-hmm. around. I spent the next couple of weeks. I'm waiting for my visa to come through because... It takes quite some time for me to get the visa to Sikkim and to Pakistan. And while I'm waiting for my visas, I went around and met the local Sufis. I met the head of the Naqshbandi Sufis in Old Delhi. I met the head of the Sufis in Nizamuddin. I met. I went out into the Gangetic Plains to little villages where he gave me the list, and I met these guys. And none of them was what I was looking for. And so he said he had more... But he just had written this off the top of his head, this list he gave me of about a dozen people. But he said he had more at his home in Lucknow. And since I had time, I went to Lucknow to meet him. Mm-hmm. And I, I met him, and he gave me more names. But while I was there, I had heard of another teacher. I'd read a book by one of his students who had mentioned his teacher was in Lucknow. And mm-hmm. so I didn't know how to find him, but I needed to find this teacher. I thought, okay, if I can find him. He, and so I didn't know his name. I didn't know where he lived. I called my wife back in the States, and the phone call was so bad from India in those days. It took 10 hours to get the connection, and once you got it, it was like you were talking underwater with deep explosions and noises and ear-deafening ear crackles. And all I could get from her was his name was Punja. And so she had read, she got it out of the book. And so I went up onto the roof of my hotel. My hotel was an old um, Muslim palace uh, from the from when the Muslims ruled the dynasty and ruled that area. I went onto the roof of my palace. It wasn't a palace; it was a rundown thing, but it was right. built thing. <laughs> I went onto the roof and I smoked some of my holy herb, marijuana, and I prayed for help. I prayed. I need a sign. Where is this man? And that's why I was sitting there meditating. I saw a little black piece of garbage floating up on an air, hot air drift. And as I watched it, it seemed to jerk and move. It's like it had conscious movement. I thought, oh, my God, am I tripping? Is this a hallucination? What is this? And then a little mm-hmm. red, red, red piece of paper flew up next to it. And they started to dance together, move together. And I knew that was my sign. That's where he is. I have to get to that spot. And mm-hmm. I uh, went down and found the phone book, but the keys were torn out, so there was no punjas. But I found another phone book, and there was one punja in it, and I got the address. I wrote it down, and that was ex- that's, where this, the roof, that's where these pieces of paper were flying from. And wow. so I made my way through the old Narhi market into the back alleys and found, found this address and I knocked on the door and this sweet, beautiful man answered the door and says, yes, he's waiting for you. Please come in. Wow. That blew my mind. It's like, how could he be he waiting for you? Were you coming. That's amazing, you know. It's impossible. Nobody knew yeah. I was coming. Mm. And so I get, I came in and uh, I went through this. It's a little tiny house and walked into a little open courtyard in the middle and up a, a staircase in the courtyard and, in, and he knocked on his bedroom door. And he said, come in, come in. And the room was big enough for a bed, a single bed and uh, one chair. And that was the size of the room and he had me sit on his bed with him. He said, why are you here? I said, oh, I'm really ready to finally finish everything and wake up. And he laughed and he Slap me. And in that moment, I knew, without a doubt, I was looking at my own self. I mean, I was already, I had woken up in 1972, and I was trying to pass on that transmission. But now, he was someone, he was someone more awake than I was, looking back at me. And clearly, this, I'm looking at my own self, looking at me, loving me and confirming me. And my mind stopped. And uh, 
and I knew I was home. I was finished. And so I, uh, you know, I, I just I was in bliss. I was in bliss of, you know, and he's an 80-year-old man, and uh, he, we would eat our meals. His grandchildren would cook his food, and he'd invite me to eat the meals with him. And, you know, I'd never eaten anything like that. It was so simple. Chapati, she would, the granddaughters would make the chapatis, put them on the fire, puff them up, and it was just, you know, peas and potatoes and some mango chutney and salad. Mm-hmm. It was the most blissful food I'd ever had in my life. And we would go for walks and he'd hold my hand and I'd never held hands with a man before. He had these big old hands and he had an old tattooed on his hand. I was in bliss holding hands and walking through the streets and uh, that's it. And I gave my life to him, to his mission of waking up the world. And so mm-hmm. he at some point said, you know, you, uh, he tested me. He had different people started to show up. So he said, okay, I've got a, I've got a letter here from a, some people who want to come visit me. I, was, I would sit in his bedroom at his feet as he would sit in that one chair and read his mail. And he said, I've got this letter. These people are waiting at Varanasi. They want to come. I said, oh, please, don't let them. Don't let them. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want anyone else. I just wanted to be with him. And right. he let these people. And he, he told them to stay in my hotel so I could help them find their way to his house. And mm-hmm. that became my role. I became his attendant. And I would help people get to his house. I would serve the tea for his satsangs. I would serve the cookies, and I became his attendant, and it was so blissful. And then I would have different tests. He would put me through different tests, and uh, and it was incredible. It was so blissful, you know. At one point, because um, my mind had stopped, and I was living in silence, and it was a silent bliss of this unspeakable knowing and the truth of oneself, and... At one point, he said, okay, when these people come, we're going to have this satsang in, my, in the living room. And you sit in your special case, so you don't talk. You just sit next to me and watch. And this started a sense of inflation in me. You know, oh, I'm a special case. So that felt really good. I wanted to be a special case. My whole life, I've been searching for somebody said, yes, you're a special case. And so after the first day, I said to him, I said, oh, so Papaji, why am I a special case? And he kind of gets this cutting glance over at me. He says, oh, you don't want to be? I said, yes, I do, I do. And then that, it pops, you know. I said, oh, the arrogance, you know. <laughs> the inflation, the specialness just popped. And it was those kinds of little, those moments where he would just cut through the right. subtle arisings of the reformations of mind. And uh, it was incredible. And so at a certain point, I'd been with him for uh I don't know how long, maybe three weeks or so. He says, well, I tested you, and you're ready. And I stopped him. I said, wait a minute. I said, actually, my wife is a Sakuru. He was a Sakuru. Sakuru, there are gurus. Every, you know, guru means teacher. And there are right. all kinds of gurus. I mean, I've had gurus from my garden. I've garden gurus. I've had rock gurus who taught me how to move my rocks from my garden. But he was a satguru. He was a satguru, the final liberator. And mm-hmm. so I told him, actually, my wife is a satguru. And he said, okay, bring her here. And I said, of course, I will as soon as I go back to get her and bring her back. But I said, but my mm-hmm. wife is not. I said, my wife is not a yogi. She's a goddess, and I need to find the appropriate housing for her. And so we took a train together from uh, Lucknow to Hardwar on the banks of the Ganga. And I found her the best place I could find in mm-hmm. Hardwar, which which was like a, uh, the only way I can, the only equivalent I can think of, if you could think of a burned out Motel 6 in a really bad neighborhood. <laughs> but that was, but that, was yeah. you know, that was the best uh-huh. available. I thought, and so he he said he'd wait there for me, and I would bring my wife. And so that was in February of 1990, and I went mm-hmm. back and I brought my wife to see him in April. And uh, he said, yes, she has the purity, the nobility, 
and the sattvic nature to carry this teaching to the West. And he named her Gangaji. And uh, Gangaji has brought satsang to the West. And now there's millions of satsang teachers all doing satsang everywhere. But it started uh-huh. with Gangaji. Oh, wow. It started with Gangaji and in 1990. I had a, a, a guest that was satsang teacher, too, um, <laughs> a few months ago, yes. So and and he's in Florida. <laughs> he's here in the West. Yes, beautiful. Um, I love what you said about the knowing. For because, like I said, to um, it is a knowing. It, it once you have that knowing of who you are, it's that. It just for me, I can honestly say, I have in every moment. I know I have everything. So there's no more longing or desire. It's just a knowing. It's a knowing yes. that right here, right now, is all there is, and all yes. you need is right you, here and right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Go ahead. So f- fulfillment, which is what you're describing, mm-hmm. is not they're not needing anything, not running from anything, and not chasing anything. That fulfillment mm-hmm. is the confirming sign of your realization. Mm-hmm. That's that's you know that's it. It's like it's because there's lots of people who say, "Oh, I know, I am one. I know, I am a source of light. I know, I am an enlightened soul, whatever." But they're still hungry for something. They're still mm-hmm. wanting something. They're still chasing something. They still want mm-hmm. more ex- more experiences or more something. Mhm. Mhm. Yes, and I I say to people all the time now. I have one prayer. And it's thank you. Because I know yes. in every now moment, I am completely fulfilled. I'm completely abundant. I'm completely blessed in every now moment. And the only prayer I have is thank you. Because yes. I know it's all here right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. So thank you is gratitude. And gratitude mm-hmm. is one of the faces of love, you know. Mm-hmm. So, that's be- so thank you is being love. Yes, yes, and I do understand what you mean when you say that there are so many that are speaking these words but are have not really experienced. I think it's for them to to truly wake up in the dream um, is to to take it to an experiential level and to to take it to a knowing. It's it's not a belief. It's you know. You know without a yes. doubt who you are. That's true. That's mm-hmm. right. But what, hap- what happens is after that experience, the tendency mm-hmm. is for it to become conceptualized. So that now I know who I am without a doubt because I've had the true experience of it. And that becomes conceptualized and it becomes an idea of myself. And mm-hmm. then you see there's, I, I mean, I've, I've seen gurus who've had true experiences, really deep profound self-realizations who then mm-hmm. become egoically encapsulated and use that to create suffering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's almost on every moment we have to remind ourselves of that of that egoic nature, you know, that wants to kind of... Because for me, what helps keep me focused and grounded is knowing that we all, we're all equally divine. Yes. We're all equal, so that helps me to maintain that, you know, to keep that, guess what you say, keep that ego ego at bay, you know. And I also know that everyone everyone is exactly where they're supposed to be. You know, that for me is compassion, knowing that person is divine, whether they know it or not. I know it. I know they're divine, and I know they're creating, from their higher self is creating their experience for their soul's evolution, and they're exactly where they're supposed to be, and they're perfect. All is perfect. All is divine. So that's some, but that's something we do have to remind ourselves of, even when we're awake. We have to remind ourselves, especially you know, when people do things that like, like you're like, wow, I didn't expect that person to do that. Mm, but no judgment. Person is divine, and uh, um, their higher self. Is creating their 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 experience 
for their soul's development, for their soul's growth. And there's no, you can't judge another's path. We're all, we're all on unique paths that will lead us to who we truly are. And so it's, it's got to, you know, to bring it back to the, we're all that. <laughs> Not just one yes. of us, but we're all that. Yes. Yes. Mhm. So, yes. Mhm. I just I I love um being able to connect with See, for some reason I didn't realize you were American. I thought because I thought you because you've lived and been so many places, I thought you were mm-hmm. um um international and I've had many international guests on and and um it's just listening to your journey of of going from leaving the states and traveling and it's 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 beautiful it's amazing and um I feel when we do this when we share our experiences like this and others get a chance to listen in on our our conversation like it's a way for them to maybe resonate with what is is stirring in their soul and heart so and mm-hmm. i i just I love having this platform to be able to do that. So it's 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 beautiful. So I know you you've written three books, yes. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so, well, three in English. Uh-huh. Three in English. Okay, all right. Um, Sudden awakening, and yes. then there's uh, I'm trying to read now with glasses on. It's hard. <laughs> uh, um, from fixation to freedom. I like that. Yeah. I love the title yeah. of that. And then your newest book, which is going to be released, is it just being now published? Um, it's it's available. It's out. Wake it's up out. And raw. Okay. Wake up and raw. Raw. Very good. And now, um, where is someone who, interested? Do you know who Prince E is? Do you know, do you know who Prince E is? No. Prince E? Okay. He's really... He's a beautiful, beautiful soul. I mean, he is someone that I think you would really want to connect with in some way. Just Google him or Prince E.A. And uh, I Mm -hmm. first came across him on a YouTube video from Ferguson. He's he's from Ferguson. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was during the height of the whole thing. His father is actually a, a... African-American policeman there and mm-hmm. he did this he he was a rapper and mm-hmm. he gave the most beautiful enlightened talk it was so pure and so clean I couldn't believe it I just wow I never heard of this kid before but I loved it and then I saw more of his YouTube videos and Google mm-hmm. and Facebook Facebook stuff, and he is right. an artist, artist of awakening, and it's really beautiful. And so I contacted ah. him and invited him, and so he and I did an audio book together of Wake Up and Roar. And so okay. he uh, asked he asked the questions, and I read and I do Papaji's voice as the answers. And uh, oh. so that audio book is just now out, and that's really to me that's really an exciting project. I love doing that with him. Wow, amazing, amazing. That sounds and I'm definitely definitely gonna reach out to him and invite yeah. him to come on to Awake to Oneness. Yes, definitely. That's just I mean, 'cause I mean I live in the Poconos and I love it here. I know I was brought here, I was led here by spirit, um, in ninety one and I've been here 26 years, and I, I, I believe this is exactly where I'm meant to be. Um, but it, as far as being able to have these kind of conversations with people, like you say, that are truly awake and living it, living it in every now moment, that is the key. And and not saying that, um, not saying that things aren't gonna. It's not that the illusion is gonna always look rosy. You know, it's it, but remembering that it is the illusion and not attaching to it, and and that's to me is evidential of of a person who is truly awake. Um, for example, I received like most of my listeners know 
my son transitioned uh, two and a half years ago. But I received uh, an email a few months ago from a listener whose son, a 23-year-old son, um, had committed suicide, you know, transitioned on his own terms. Um, And three weeks after that, she was contacting me, and she was understanding that he's not gone that it's, uh, I was completely at peace at the time. My son made his transition, but it, it, it took, you know, um, I was told three years before he actually made his transition that he wasn't going to live, and I witnessed a miracle. And when I witnessed that miracle, experienced that miracle, I, I promised myself I would never forget it. I would never not remember that I was blessed with another few more years with my son and so when he actually did make his transition I was completely at peace because I knew that there is no death you know we just in this society we we think there is but there is no death and he's actually I have my relationship with my son now is is closer than it was when he was in the physical Um, but to have a listener reach out to me just a few weeks after her son took his own life um, and still understand the truth of oneness and understand that he's not gone and she's living it. And she's up in Canada with the organization Shift Into One. Um, those, to me, that is so, that, that's the rarity when you um, encounter someone that is fully embodying the truth of who they are, the truth of oneness. And, and I get to do that. I get to communicate with people like yourself and and people that are there, that are truly awake in the dream. That's why I just, when I, I uh, discovered that uh, film on, on Gaia, it's like, wow, these people, there's, there's more people out there that are awake. And I just, I just want to connect with those that are awake and just help to inspire others to awaken. Because the, there, there's no words for it when you do awake, and it, it, it's an internal thing. And to try, it's only I can only kind of express it with words, but there's really no words for it. Yes. So thank you. I'm definitely now. You said Prince E A. Is that that's what I yes. wrote? Did I write that Prince E A? That's, okay. that's right. All righty. Well, I definitely am going to reach out to him, and I'm going to tell him that you turned me on <laughs> okay. to him. So I know you're just coming out with a new book. Is, is there anything else coming up in the near future you'd like to, to share with uh, listeners? Well, not, you know, I'm always teaching around the world, and uh, I'm available. <laughs> I'm, actually, we, I started a school for training uh for training guides and healers and therapists, it's the Lila School, mm-hmm. and uh, we we train people in a full range of therapeutic techniques from symptom removal to ego transcendence, and mm-hmm. that's that's been my latest mission. There's now there's a school in Amsterdam and in Ashland, Oregon, where I live, and in Australia, Sydney, Australia. Okay, also, very good. At the Leah Foundation and the Leah School, very good. Well, that sounds very, like I said, my son Kyle transitioned two and a half years ago, and I have founded a nonprofit organization, um, the Kyle Foundation. Now, Kyle is not just for his name. It's an acronym. Kyle stands for Keep Your Light Expanding. And one of the, like I said, I, I believe that, Spirit has me here in the Pocono Mountains for a reason. Um, my vision is to open the Kyle Center here in the Poconos, which will be a oneness center, a community center that just the education I've gotten over the last, I say, 10 years or so um, through YouTube <laughs> and, and, and films like, and Gaia TV and films like Awaken the Dream, I stopped uh, watching mainstream news in uh, September of 2001, uh, right after 9-11. My spirit said loud and clear, turn it off, turn off the news, 
and don't ever turn it back on. And in 2001, I did not know why. Uh, I just was obedient. (laughs) And just um, the education I've gotten to the truth, to truth, to universal truth. Um, I got through YouTube and Gaia TV and places of that um, nature. You don't really get it. It's not really being taught in mainstream, even though quantum physics has proven that we are all, you know, all of life is one and we're all interconnected. It's it's not new science even. It's close to 100 years old. That science is still not being taught in mainstream um, schools today. And so my vision with the Kyle Foundation is to be a, a center for people of all ages to really understand and explore and and um, the truth of oneness and the truth of who they are and to also be able to express to whatever their their um, desire, art, whether it be art, whether it be dance, drama, whatever, just a place, a gathering place where people can ex- be themselves to shine their light and to learn. Uh, so, and that's my vision for right here in the Pocono Mountains, which is, I think is very, as far as northeast um, United States, it's a very central location and beautiful in the mountains. So, <laughs> so that, that, yeah. We wish you well with your mission. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm just... I'm just following spirit, so it's I, I'm just I don't all I do is go with the flow, <laughs> just go with the flow of spirit, and wherever it takes me is where I'll be. So that is amazing. Well, thank you so much. This has been so great. So, do you have anything coming up recent, um, like in the future, like um, when I say in the future, near future, like do you have any workshops, anything coming up Actually, that we can share with us? I've got a silent weekend in Ashland, Oregon, coming up. Okay. Uh, this, and that's in, I'm not sure, April or I think it must be in April. Mm-hmm. And then, okay. Yeah, then uh, there's also an Enneagram retreat in May that uh, the Enneagram is the most powerful wisdom mirror I have seen for people to help them wake up by seeing the structure of ego, the structure of who they think they are and how Mm -hmm. that shows up in the world and the difference between, the distinction between when you're being in an ego self and when you're being in your true self and and what that distinction is and how it works. And the Enneagram is beautiful for that. And so this Enneagram retreat in May is uh, uh, can lead to a certification as an Enneagram coach eventually. And also in that time, there's a start of a, clinical hypnosis certification. Because what I found is that um, I've been, I was trained as a therapist in Ericksonian clinical hypnosis in the 80s, and I was a, worked as a therapist for a number of years in, through the 80s in, before I met my teacher. And uh, altered states are so useful. And the clinical hypnosis, in the way we do it, is a way of creating altered states for people to go within. And then mm-hmm. to work at whatever level they need to work on, whether it's the, uh, you know, most people need some emotional wound healing or deeper trauma or PTSD at that level. Mm-hmm. All that can be worked with very successfully with clinical hypnosis if you have the skillful means. And then there's the deeper levels of the, the deeper egoic sense of despair and emptiness and hopelessness. And then the discovery of yourself underneath all of that. And so mm-hmm. that's a certification program that starts in May also in clinical hypnosis. So you can, And what I do is I combine clinical hypnosis and the Enneagram in this wisdom teaching of silence, and that's the Alila School, and that starts in May. And then it'll happen again in Amsterdam in, uh, in June. Okay. So that's, that's my coming. Wow. And you say you have – there are three – Leah, Leah schools, um, you said. Yes. Oregon, Amster, Amsterdam, and where was the third? In Sydney. And so the training in oh. Sydney, uh, well, the, the next training in Sydney starts, I think, this summer. Mm. I mean, yeah. 
Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. That is uh, amazing. And everyone can find you at, share your, your website URL with everyone. It's leela.org, L-E-E-L-A dot O-R-G. Or there's mm-hmm. also uh, leelaschool.org. Mm-hmm. And there's okay. Wake Up and Roars. And there's Wake Up and Roar dot org. Okay. Okay. I like that Wake Up and Roar. I like that. Yeah. 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 It's just because it's in truth, it is all about waking up. And the name for my show, Wake to Oneness, just kind of came to me from spirit because it's, we all have it within. And it's, and we chose. Yeah, you know, we chose to create this movie. We chose to forget so we can really experience. I think it, and it does make sense. We really came into this experience knowing oh, it's just a movie. We may, you know, we may not get out of it what we really intended. So um, it is. You know, uh, it may not, it may not be as causal as you believe it is, but anyway. Definitely, mm-hmm. we all are. We another way of considering it is like light bulbs. You know, each light bulb in your house is in a different location. It has a different age. Some of them are burned out. Some of them burn brighter. But it's mm-hmm. the same current. It's the same current. And so, if you right. identify yourself with the current instead of with the light bulb, then exactly. Yeah, but uh, yeah, whether yeah, yeah mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you because, like I, I was saying, I, I, uh, once I awoken, I don't identify anymore with the physical body anymore because I know that it's, it's the, the core of my being is source, and not that's just right. me, but everyone, the core that's, of everyone. And that source, and that source includes your physical body. Yeah, includes yes. everything. It doesn't, it doesn't, exclu- it doesn't exclude it, um, but right. yes. Yes, because nothing's excluded. It's all, right. it's all <laughs> one. That's right. There's nothing yeah. outside of the one. So it's all That's there, right. yeah. Mm-hmm. So true, so true. Well, this has been a wonderful hour. I so, so, and I, I do, I definitely love to stay in touch by email with all of my guests and will love to, when I'm, I have not in my current um to date I have not traveled much but I do intend it's part of my vision to travel more um matter of fact I will be traveling to Costa Rica uh this month I keep forgetting we're already in February I'll be spending 2 weeks in Costa Rica uh with a humanities team which I just happened to partner with about 10 months ago I've been partnering partnering with Humanities Team, which is an organization that was founded by Neil Donald Walsh, who um, Humanities Team goal is to awaken the world to the truth of oneness. So our missions are completely in alignment, and that was all, like I said, just by following spirit, uh, I have gotten connected with them, and I will be traveling some. Beautiful. So. Good. Uh, Enjoy yeah. Costa Rica. It's a wonderful country. I, I love Costa Rica. Oh. Okay. But you know, I'd re- oh. if you get a chance and you want to do a retreat, I would recommend going to see Gangaji. Gangaji is incredible. Gangaji is a sucker. Oh. Okay. All right. Definitely. You know, I definitely um, want to do more, more, and more things of that nature. I have, you know, like I said, this is like my new. Uh, you know, when I say new, it's new to me as far as I've been doing this now for two years. And I'm just, like I said, I'm just going with the flow. I don't make many plans. I just, you know, wherever uh-huh. spirit leads me. And like uh-huh. like how you, like the story about how you discovered your teacher, uh, you know, yes. how you just, you were you were going with the flow. And yes. and he was he was expecting you. He knew you were coming. <laughs> so that that's kind of exactly where I am with life. It's you know Beautiful. I know that this so this, this is life month this I'll, is life giving this is life giving you a message of Gangaji. <laughs> okay. Well, all, hey, yeah. and I take all of it. I take I take all of that. 
I take all of that. Yes, I do. I don't. I. I will definitely. Thank you so so much. Thank you. This has been a one. I can't believe the hour's already gone by so fast. And I. I do hope that with all my guests, I would love one day to meet all my guests in person. And so I hope I have yes. that opportunity just to give you a hug. <laughs> oh, I do want to Carolyn. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, you have a wonderful day. Enjoy the rest of the day, and I appreciate you, you being you my guest on Awake to Oneness Radio. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you, dear. All right. Have a great time. Bye. Bye. You too. Bye-bye.